Welcome to episode 17 of the Helpful Huddle podcast. Thank you so much for listening in today. In our episode today, I get the opportunity to interview Roger Pollard. He is a new friend of mine and someone I am very excited to be interviewing today. You are in for a treat as we dive into his story and how he is helping others. So turn up your volume, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Helpful Huddle podcast. I am your host, Luke, and I'm sitting here with a new friend of mine, Roger Pollard. Say hi to the people, Roger. How are we doing? How are we doing? And I hope we're all doing good. I know I am. I'm glad to be sitting here with you. Thank you for taking the time to sit down with me today. Oh, no problem. I think it's a, a blessing. Every day we have on this earth is a blessing. And anytime we have the ability to to talk and, and communicate with other with people in general, I think it's a it's a great thing. It's a great day. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, just for the people sit sitting and listening, how me and Roger met each other. It's a very quick, short story. We met about three minutes ago. Um, we, we connect, we connected and he agreed to come on the podcast and that's kind of the full story. And then we signed on, talked about three minutes ago. I think that about sums it up. There it is, you know, and, and it, I think it's a, it's a testament to where we are as a society where um, we, w- the amount of people that we have access to uh, because of technology is, I mean, it's surmountable, you know, it's exponential. So, you know, uh, what I'd say 20 years ago, this would probably never happen or take place, but we're in 2023. So this is, this is just another day in, in paradise. And I can only imagine going back and like, Every meeting has to be in person. <laughs> <laughs> what is, that's that's definitely pre-COVID, right? Oh uh, man, you know uh, it, it. And I I like to I like the term technology as being evil uh, or, or 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 being a bridge to uh, a waste of time. But if if we if we use our time productively, what technology offers us, we can we can be so uh, productive that. You might not even recognize yourself in, in a week or in, in three days if you if you really hone down and really get your schedule ongoing and, and really get things in order. So it, it's a gift and a curse, right? It's, it could be a blessing or it could be a curse, right? You definitely can. You're hitting the nail on the head right now. I'm looking forward to this interview. <laughs> but with all that said, are you, you ready to get going? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's roll. All right, man, let's hit it. So I always like to start off my interviews pretty broad. I want to learn more about you. I want to learn about your story. As much information as you are willing to talk about from childhood to now, how did you get to this point? Okay. Uh, for me, just uh, grew up as a, a, I guess, a student athlete. You know, those were the, the main two things in my life were, were sports and, and school. As long as, mm-hmm. as long as I was doing what I was supposed to do in school, then I could I could go out and play my sports and and um so in in assessing assessing what I had to do, I just got what I had to do done. Um my my parents are immigrants to America from from Trinidad and then my mom's from Trinidad, my dad's from Guyana. Uh so it was it was I guess a, a really instilled hard work, really instilled a lot of uh virtues within myself that 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 uh that I still stand on today. And then uh, with that, I ended up getting a football scholarship, played uh, college football at North Carolina State, nice. uh, came back, ended up uh, coaching football. So I went from playing to coaching. And uh, that transitioned from college to, to the professional life because it was still kind of the same uh, niche, I, I, I'd say, uh, was, was kind of easy, kind of seamless. And mm-hmm. uh, I want to say about three years ago, I got out of coaching and um and, and figured, you know, whether I was a teacher, whether I was a coach, or whether even as a player, uh, motivation was something that was always big for me. And started writing, you know, motivational books, wrote some football books, and then I, I started writing some motivational books. And and uh, really, really wanted to the the the, the nook or or the area that I wanted to really hone in on was anytime you hear a motivational video, it talks about what we have to do. Right. You need to go. You need to work. You need to do this or do that. But I thought if if I'm an individual, the first thing I really need to find out is who I am. So, you know, I, I broke my motivational series up into three parts. And the first part was really trying to give people a better indication 
of who they were as an individual by using group expectations. So from a psychological perspective, giving people what the, the five, the big five personality traits were, and then the five agents of socialization. And now knowing that, having an idea of what those things are, I can compare myself to that and know whether I'm conscientious, whether I'm agreeable, whether I'm neurotic, whether I know these things and now I can identify these things in me. And now that I have my home base, now we can start talking about a virtue-based and action-based life. And that, that was, that's the second part of that uh, motivational series. And then right now, currently working on the third one, which is philosophical, theological, and just a big pain in my butt. But uh, uh, there, there are no, there are, there are no, uh, there are no great gifts without great challenges. I'll say it like that. So, mm. um, you know, that's really kind of me in a nutshell. From from a real, really thick and heavy uh, sports background, I was a head football coach for about ten years on the high school level, um, and and now just just teaching and then taking care of my 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 two kids and spending that family time that that is also precious and always fleeting. That's a great story. And I think a lot of us following that, whether we played at the collegiate level or played in high school or whatever it is, but the story of a transition and transitioning from one phase of your life to another is huge. And you're currently doing something completely different. I feel like, like you're not, you're out. I don't know if you're completely out of sports, but you're out of coaching and writing books and teaching. And that's your life now. I think that's amazing. Um, I wanted to ask you kind of, because I think that's something that, that hits home for me, at least I played collegiate baseball, not at the division one level, but at the division two, but the transition out of something that you've kind of found your identity in for a long time. How, how was that transition for you? Um, it was, I think it was easier, easier for me just because I stayed in sports Right, just mm-hmm. just still coaching. Uh, so it was it wasn't as big as kind of a, a it wasn't as big as a hit for me uh, because of that. I think this one where I'm totally out of sports now. Like I, I tell my students now today, uh, the the difference between a coach and a teacher is that um, as a coach, I'm just teaching a sport, right? Yeah, now, now I might have to approach things a little bit differently, of course, but um it's it's really all the same thing you know when we when we look at it coach a coach is literally a a a carriage that takes people from one place to another but that's what i'm doing when i'm teaching world history or that's what i'm doing when i'm teaching sociology and that's what i was doing when i was teaching football now since football was of course near and dear to your heart and i love football more of course than than i loved uh, sociology or world history uh you put a little bit more passion in it but I think we're always in a transition phase. I think we, I think we take we take for granted that we're going to wake up the next morning, right? Every mm-hmm. every day is a transition. So, um, what 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 I look at is, and and what I tell my students is, every endeavor that you take part in, there is a lesson and blessing in that activity. So there are things that I learned from coaching. There are things I learned from playing. There are things I learned from from everything that you do in life that you can take with you. Uh, you know, my joke is when I was in high school, I wanted to be a model and I, I practiced my, my, my smile off. I practiced my one-way walk. I practiced all these different things. And when I got to the shoot, they told me I was too ugly to be a model. But <laughs> with that, I also understood what the value of hard work was, you know, coming up with a plan of uh, when you want to get better at something, you break it down and you put it into increments. You you come up with a goal. I can't hit a target that I'm that I don't aim at. Uh, so all of those things that that we learn as athletes, they're not lost when we hang our hat up or when we when I put my helmet off. It, it you take those with you, uh, and and those things because they are they're just so valuable. Uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't be um, they wouldn't be virtues or they wouldn't be what. Uh, what we did in the sports world, if they weren't valuable, right? We just have mm-hmm. to learn how to how to use them and utilize them in another field, right? So, uh, you know, as a head coach, I was very detail oriented. I was always planning things out. I was I had a three month plan, a six month plan, a twelve month plan. So I do the same thing with writing. You know, I you come up, okay, what's the idea that I want to come up with? 
all right, this chapter, that chapter, this chapter, I want to have this much done in this amount of time. So um, everything is like we're always transitioning um, uh, as as individuals, you know, as families and, and as societies. We're always changing. One constant in our life is change. So um, and then from from coaching to teaching to, to being a father, you know, uh, every every experience that we have in our life has a lesson and lesson within it. We just have to have the wisdom or maturity to be able to extract that and use that where, where we need it. That you're, you're speaking facts, my friend, like everything you're saying I'm <laughs> rolling with and before selfishly, before we keep diving into what everything you're talking about, I have to back up to your playing days. <laughs> um, just selfishly, who was probably the best player that you played against or less, most well-known or played with? He could have been on your team. Uh, played with would be Philip Rivers. Um, I was wondering if you were there at that time. Yeah, Philip. the, the, the story on Philip Rivers is really crazy. What he, he played how many years in the league? I don't know, 20 or 17, something ridiculous. I'll say some, and, something ridiculous. Yeah, and um, – and North Carolina State was the only place that offered him as a quarterback. Everybody mm-hmm. else wanted him to go as a defensive end or as a tight end. And the the lesson I took from that is, you know, they, the NFL spends millions of dollars trying to analyze what, what, you know, who and what or what people can do. And I think it's a testament to human beings that we cannot predict who can be great and who can't. You know, like mm-hmm. every year there's a first round bust. You know, mm-hmm. Philip Rivers played in the league for 17 years. No school really wanted him to play. They didn't, no school wanted him to play quarterback other than North Carolina State. And he goes to the NFL for 17 years. And my lesson in that is just don't let other people define what you can and cannot be. You know, but the first person you have to be able to convince is yourself. Like, like forget what other people say. And, and you do have to be honest because just because you want something doesn't mean it wants you. So um, T.A. McClendon, mm-hmm. Mario Williams, I played against Julius Peppers. Um, uh, DeMarc, we, we had so many guys. You know, we had so many guys. Pat Thomas, Stephen Tulloch, I uh, played against uh, on my high school team. Jonathan Vilma was on that team. I wow. played against Roscoe Parrish. Frank Gore was on that team. Played against Andre Johnson. Just a, a lot of guys being in South Florida. Yeah. The list, is, it's a long list. It's a long <laughs> list. That's that's amazing, and a lot of those names I reckon I very much recognize. But even going back, going back to the point that you talked about with Philip Rivers, and like no one wanted, at least no one wanted him to play the position. I mean, a, a more recent reminder reminds me of Lamar Jackson coming out. Everyone talking about him going to 100%. switch into wide receiver or running back or defensive back or whatever it might be, and he was steadfast at nah, he's a quarterback. And I think I think outside of maybe one or two teams. Every team but the Ravens passed on him as a quarterback because he was the last pick of the first round. Right. So, right. 100%. then, then and, unanimous and MVP. Yeah, and it's it's um it's easy after the fact for us to say how could you know how could people how could that happen? Now that also happens to people who end up never playing again or or don't have that talent. So you know it, it's it's also that's why I tell people. Um, just because you want it, it doesn't mean that it wants you. But with that said, if there is something that is speaking to you, speaking through you, and it's not you, it's not your ego, it's it's from the amount of dedication and preparation that you have put in, and, and you're giving an honest assessment of what you think it takes and what you, know, what you can do. And if it's a realistic, uh, if it's realistic and it, and it is true, then you can break through and make your dreams. You can break. You can break through the fabric of reality and make your dreams a reality. Um, but but you've got to be objective, and you know you you've got to put the work in. These things don't happen to everybody, and that's why they're so special. So when you when you've put in that type of dedication, you put in that type of time, and you're being objective and honest with yourself and in, in your assessment, then you know the sky is the limit. And and those examples are. You know, I, I think there are battle cries as as individuals who are always aiming at something. You know, it's the reason why we have a brain is is to to come up with an idea, and if we think it's powerful enough, 
to move it into reality through action. Love that. And I love everything you're saying. And just some questions are popping up in my head that I want to ask you about, because you said at the beginning it how like the motivation side has always been like, or at least near and dear to you. And, and just by the words you're saying, everything that you're, that you're putting out there, I can tell that that's so true. You're not, you're very authentic in it. Um, but I'm wondering like kind of, was there a moment in your life? Was there something that caused you to be this passionate about the motivation side and the mindset side behind it? Um, no, like I've, I've always been that guy. Like I was the guy in high school where, um, like we're in the weight room and I'm talking about this school or that school is working out when people are getting tired. I was a raw, raw guy. Um, Mm -hmm. so I've always, I've always been in that. Uh, um, but, but for me individually, what got me into writing is I did go, I went through a depression about, uh, I want to say it's, it's going on three years ago. And coming out of that, uh, I, mm. I really, I really looked back and gave a hard assessment on the things that, the things that matter most for me, and that was spending time with my family, and that's where I got out of coaching because everybody, you know, coaching wise, if there there's twenty four hours in a day, <laughs> it takes twenty four hours each day, you know. So, um, really wanted to to uh, spend a lot more time with the things that I felt had uh, the the strongest bond and tie with me uh, that, that are going to inject that, I guess, positivity within me. And, um, and then I, in, in an effort to still keep with the athletic side, I, I started writing, you know, so I, I wrote three football books and, and then, and then I, I, I started saying, you know what, I, I think it'll be a cool idea to write a motivational book uh, in in that sense of giving my kids a, you know, as, as a high school teacher for 15 years, there are a lot of commonalities that I see that ninth graders make, a lot of mistakes that I see that they make, and a lot of it is is founded in a confusion of of self. And of course, you know, at that age, they're going through so many changes, like physically, hormonally, you, like they don't know who they are. Hell, as grown people, a lot of us don't know who we are. Um, so I was like, well, let me let me start this. So this was this first book was just to to my kids. Like when you're going into ninth grade, I want you guys to read this. And then it kind of just turned into this project where I'm still writing and I'm on, on book three of that motivational series. So um I don't it, it didn't maybe uh I guess that that depression episode kind of pushed me towards a path where I I guess I, I wasn't doing it in a sports sense and now it just pushed mm-hmm. me more into writing but this has just always been just always been me i don't know why no i i love that and thank you for the vulnerability of talking about that i didn't know about any kind your the depression episode or what you called it um oh, yeah okay. and if you don't mind me asking a question about that because i think something that's finally starting to get some steam behind it is the is focusing on mental health and i think growing up uh and i I guess probably our generation because this generation there we're starting to focus more on mental health now but it was very much ingrained to push that stuff down don't talk about it you're an you're an especially an athlete you're an athlete suck it up and move on type thing um but if you don't mind talking about maybe a little bit about your journey with that but most importantly like there's people out there that are struggling with mental health and depression um any tips you have for them to help them come through and work on and hopefully get come out of it yeah um well i would say that the big reason why it's going why it's so big today is that we're we're seeing the numbers in 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 depression, in self-harm, especially in adolescence, and they're skyrocketing. Now, what what that did do in a lot of my journey into looking at the physiological the physiological aspects behind it is, well, when we say mental health and we sit there and we, we think that our mind is, or our brain is in our head, and our brain is really, it runs throughout our body, right? So 
the, the, the first thing I say with anybody who's dealing with any type of depression or, or feeling just down is you have to look at the big three. Um, and this is the, the, the first triangle of my, my courage, love, and discipline uh, virtues. Say, uh, in order to be courage, courageous, you have to know, uh, you have to be willing to move forward knowing that both good and bad can take place in the, in the future. But the, the courage block is, well, how are you eating? Like, what are you putting into your body? You know, um, uh, how much, how much, um, how many fake foods, how many non-natural things are we consuming and putting into our body? That's one. Two, how are you sleeping, right? Uh, your circadian rhythm. What is that like? What's that, you know, what's going on with that? And then how are you exercising? You know, so when, when looking at those three factors, those are the like, flat out, those are the first three things that we really have to look at because it does change how you feel. You know, and I've, I've been, this has been my deep dive, uh, not only because of the depression, but just because it's where the, the information is leading me. And uh, like, if you, if you eat healthy for a week, you would be amazed at the difference in how you feel. And mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's just totally crazy. And it's, it's, it's eye-opening to me. And then uh, two, going into exercising. Just a 15-minute walk. You know, if you take a 15-minute walk, it actually uh, puts more BDNF in your system. BDNF stands for brain-derived neurotropic factor. That that yeah. comes from your actual muscles, and it comes from your liver. That breaks the, the blood barrier in your brain. It actually goes into your hippocampus, so it increases, um, it increases neuron synapses. It, it just don't exercise for washboard abs. Exercise for brain function. You know, and it, they're, they're getting it into Parkinson's or studying in Parkinson's disease and dementia and, and all of these th different things. So um, if you're going through a mental health crisis or if you're going through a depression, if you're going through something, one, don't just uh, don't just think of it as mental health. Think of it first as health and in health. Those are the big three. All right. And now, if you're exercising, if you're sleeping, if you're eating pretty right now, now, and you're still feeling like crap, now you might need to go see a professional and, and it might be something, you know, a little bit, you know, farther up or down the spectrum, however you want to look at it. But I think the, the majority of the things that we're, we're witnessing today are caused by those three, um, you know, people not sleeping enough and then two uh, uh, or three or four, whatever number I'm on, uh, serotonin, you know, the, the big thing that, uh, that, that comes or, 98% of our serotonin comes from our gut. So again, how much fake foods are we eating? How many things are, are we consuming that our grandparents didn't consume? So, you know, with food, I'm not telling people what to eat and what not to eat. But my rule of thumb is like, if your grandparents didn't eat it, you probably shouldn't eat it because there's all kinds of, of ingredients that you can't name. And we have no idea how they're affecting us from a physiological technical, practical uh, uh, level in which you can measure it. Um, and then for his fellowship, I, I, don't, I don't think there's uh, enough communal, community kind of family type atmosphere as, as athletes. You know, we know like there is nothing like being on a team. You know, there is nothing like having group of friends that you can, that you can be with. And, and, and the friends like followers aren't friends, you know, like people yeah. who are just scrolling all the time. That's not friends. Like really getting out and having a, a, a close uh, group of friends that you're, that you're, uh, that you're connected with and that you can bounce ideas off of where you can have a conversation with and be open and honest and not, not really, it's not about judgment. It's about all of us trying to, to, to move past whatever it is we're, we're moving past on a daily basis because everybody has problems. You know, uh, everybody has something that's that's going on. Everybody's go going to have something that stresses them, and um, uh, and I guess that's that's really it. That's 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 my message to to whoever it is that might be going through something. You know, those big three, and then uh, and and trying to just uh, come up with a, a a group of friends that you can that you can be honest with, and you can be you with, and you can investigate this thing called life with. That's a, that's an amazing message, and I appreciate you sharing that and i couldn't agree with you more with all of it i mean yeah. I, I and i especially want to 
hone in on that last piece, because I think that's something that has really fallen by the wayside, especially when we went through COVID and shutdowns and things of that nature that we really and social media and these Zoom calls like we were talking about earlier, like blessing and a curse. Technology is yeah. great, but it it's not a it's not a substitute for that real community, that real fellowship, that real intertwined personal connection where we're meant to be around other people. We're yeah. all in every community of history. We've always been, we're not loners. We're always in some sort of community. And we know that like we, me and you, we're having this conversation right now, but if you were physically here in front of me, we know that the vibe that everything is absolutely totally different. There's mm-hmm. the amount of information, um, the amount of information that is that's that's, that's transmitted and communicated between two people, uh, we have no idea, right? Like the the uh, I think after after people shake hands, I think seventy five percent of the time they make a gesture towards their nose. It's like we're we're subtly we're we're, we're taking on subtle clues that we don't know consciously, but our bodies do know, you know. So like the the science. The science on that, on, on a psychological perspective, is is it's ridiculous. It, it, it's crazy. Some of the things that uh, really affect us, and and I say I, I say marketers know. You know, you go into McDonald's. Every McDonald's everywhere smells exactly the same. You know, and it's not because of the food. They want they want they want it to to be a certain way. So they're marketing these things. They're using these things uh, for us. And so, what are the things that speak to us that we may not? know that language uh, or be able to communicate it um, consciously, but do make an effort or, or do make a change for us subconsciously, you know? So um, just, just, just paying attention to that and, 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 and uh, being able to, to, to be around, you know, people going out and, and having fun and, and, and then realizing and this is my last one is um. Serotonin levels are measured by how we measure ourselves versus the people we see. And I think the the amount of people that we see now, given Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and online TV, the amount of faces that the human being sees that are fake faces. And we all do it. We take a picture. And if we don't like what we look like, we take another picture. So on Instagram, we're always seeing everything's best shot. But that's what we know consciously, but that's not what our brain knows. We're, we're, we're seeing pretty face, pretty face, model, model, pretty face, pretty face. And now that might be a, a, a cause for serotonin drop. You know, I, I don't know. That's that's one of my hypotheses. The, the amount of fake faces or doctored faces that, that the, the adolescents see today versus 20 years ago, um, the percentage of, of straight beautiful is it's had to skyrocket. And mm-hmm. maybe that's one of the reasons why we're having some of this mental health crisis is our brains are, are literally believing the lies we, we, we tell ourselves when we're posting these doctored uh, faces and these, these, these filtered faces uh, and then scroll through them until two or three o'clock in the morning because, you know, for whatever reason. Man, I think you're speaking so many truths right now that <laughs> whether it's a hypothesis back or it's backed by science, I think there's anecdotal evidence to support some of the stuff that you're saying, man. And I and stuff I haven't I haven't even thought about what you were just talking about, like with the fake faces and every I've I've thought about the on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, everything looks perfect, but it, it's a false perception of reality. Um, but you put it in a whole different way, mind blowing to me. Um, so again, thank you for sharing. And I want to, and I want to kind of ask you, cause you, you speak with a lot of, I mean, one conviction, in your voice, but two, you use a lot of facts and like, you're talking science stuff, sciencey stuff, um, yeah. which makes me just wonder like what education or training, or is this just a lot of independent research that you're doing to kind of get to this point? of where you're able to speak to it at this level. Okay. Um, well, yeah, this is, this isn't something that, uh, this is because I'm in book three. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, the the first book was find out about yourself from a personality and a, uh, and a sociological standpoint. And then my courage, love discipline was, you know, courage was exercise. So then I, I went in and <laughs> looked at, 
you know, uh, whether it's scholarly journals or because or my wife is in, in college right now. So um, I was using her her access to get all of this information. So it's just something that I'm putting in to book three. Um, so that's why I did. I, I, and then I just love psychology. So I, I don't I barely kind of listen to music and on the way into work or on the way from picking my kids up. We're listening to John Verveke or, or we're listening to Liam and Gilchrist or we're listening to the Huberman podcast. Or I'm always like trying to get a little bit more information, especially because I'm I'm in the middle of this book. Um, uh, and um, so, yeah, it, it, it's really because I'm in the middle of book three is, is really why it is. Because uh, book two was courage, love, discipline, like just give it to you. You know, courage is this. Love, you know, study and scholarship, study history from an object point of view, study psychology, um, uh, spend time dancing and creative assessment, like, like uh, going out and dancing. It, it, it might cha it changes your 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 body. And so I, I had those. I just put it out there. And then this third book was I really wanted to go in and, and do all of the research about it. And it's really mind numbing the the amount of facts that are out there that, that we kind of just you know we, we go about it on a daily basis and think that everybody and, and what we see on tv is is the truth and www stands for world wide web you know anything in the world is out there any information in the world is out there and, and all we have to do is, is kind of search for it absolutely okay couldn't agree more with all of that as well and and i'm i'm sitting here thinking like like you're talking you're you're and you're going out and you're speaking you're writing these books and you're literally teaching our youth and you're you're being a mentor to like so many people whether you know it personally or or not and it just makes me wonder like did you have any mentors in your life growing up that had a had a hand in molding this man that's sitting for us today oh yes uh uh and we all do you know it, it, right like i i tell my um i tell really everybody when i'm talking um the most important thing that that has ever that has ever happened to you in your life is that you were born you know if you weren't born nothing ever happens and then the second thing because we're not giraffes and and, and or we're not uh sharks around like someone took care of you you know, so mm -hmm. those are the two things. Those people who took care of you, I don't care whether you like them or not. If you have the ability to say that you didn't like them, you know, aside from like massive abuse or anything like that, um, then they did their job, you know. So um, one is my parents, you know, I, I, I would not be here without them. And then as an athlete, uh, my, my different coaches coming up from high school and college and then. Uh, my mentors that were helping me in the teaching profession, but but it's really everybody. You know, every every single time that you have a conversation, um, you're learning something. You know, you're you're learning a little bit new, or you're, you're changing in this way or that way. Like we said, you literally change every day. One percent of your cells die every day. So in a hundred days, you have a hundred percent new cells in your body. That the most constant thing for us is change. So everybody you come across. Uh, everybody that you speak to, everybody that you communicate to is helping change, shape and mold and build you. You know, I, I think there's a there's a weird there's a weird uh, opinion about understanding things in our day and age. We think that just because we understand something that we have to agree with it. And I think that's why we're so polarized. If you turn on the news today, why it's it's, it's like I can I can understand your point, but that doesn't mean I have to agree with it. And nobody mm -hmm. wants to to take the time out to understand other people's points before. If I disagree with you, I don't even want to hear what you say. But that's that's blindness, you know. To see to see a thing from one side is not to have seen it at all. And there is no thing that we see in totality. You know, we'll say that this is a phone, but you don't see the whole phone. You only see the back, or you only see the front. I only see the back. I have to look at things from multiple perspectives. So. Um, in terms of mentors and then, you know, different coaches, my parents, but I think it's, it's everything, you know, any person that you communicate with, anything that you listen to, anything that you, um, 
that you pay attention to that gives you information, um, gives you the ability to make a choice. And that choice is between entertainment and education. If it's entertainment, I don't have to change anything about myself. But if it's education, if I learn something new that might, that that is in direct opposition of something that I believe, I do the research on it. And if I believe this new thing, I have to cut away that old me. That's what education is. And I think that's why people shy away from education. You know, I don't want to believe, I want to know. So, you know, you get that knowledge and it goes against what you believe. Now people, you know, start getting in their feelings. You, you, you just, you got to separate it. You can understand things. That doesn't mean you agree with them. And if, if we can, I, I, I take life that way, you know, so, you know, I, I hell, I learned from my kids, you know, and, and they're eight, but, but every now and then, I think my son said, um, if you judge one, you judge another, where we were just talking about having opinions mm-hmm. about other people. And, mm-hmm. and it's true. If there's anybody you're going to judge, you need to judge yourself. So, you know, people are going to make their own decisions and whatnot. Understand why it is that they may make a decision. And, and it doesn't mean that you have to agree with them, but, but really do the research and trying to understand where, where someone else's point is coming from. I love that. And I think, I think that I wish that more people thought the same way that you do, that I do about that as far as to, for me, it's like two things to be true. I can understand your point of view. That doesn't mean that I have to agree with the point of view, but so many issues can be solved with just that level of, I guess it's just leveling with somebody trying to fit, trying yeah. to see it through their eyes. So many yeah. things could be solved by solved by just doing that. And I think there's way too much of what you literally just said of, Oh, you have an opposing point of view. I don't even want to talk about this anymore. Right. And right. yeah, the la- the louder you speak, the less you hear, the less you learn. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and, I, and it, and it's, I think we've, um, and, and we're a, we're a consumer type society, I guess. And, and you can't consume wisdom. You can only grow that, you know? So we, we, Oh, you're mature because you get a, a car, you know? No, you have to become certain things. You can't get certain things. So um, that's, that's my, my, my stress point. You know, I don't, I don't, you don't skip ahead to the end of the movie. You know, you have to watch the whole movie <laughs> and, and and I think that's if we take more of that uh, approach to to just life, I think things will be a little bit better. But um, it's a, it's kind of a win loss, me versus you, uh, me above you. You know, two truths that are two truths that can be in direct opposition can still be true. You know, how many ways are there to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I can make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich like an infinite amount of ways. So mm-hmm. when we're talking about super complex and complicated issues, there are a million ways to get things done. And and no one person, well, I'll say it like this, every single individual is an individual, as in um, I'm not my label, I'm not my group identity, I'm not, th- like there will never be another me, there will never be another you. Like me and you are having this conversation right now, but what you're taking from the conversation is totally different from what I'm taking from the conversation. It's totally different from what someone else is taking from the conversation. So your past is never past. It's always moving with you. And because of that, there will never, like, everyone is as unique as they are. So when they're speaking, they're coming from a totally unique perspective. So, you know, listen to them. And, and now I also challenge people to, you have to understand why you believe certain things because if you don't history has shown that we will kill people for the color of their skin or you know we'll kill people because they were from a different region you know we'll 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 do some malicious and violent things to each other for no other reason than we mm-hmm. were told so and we're we're just in an age now where the information is not, and there are bad people out there let's not get that wrong but um i i think that we're always growing and the more information that you can come in up with and think critically about and, and arrive to opinions, um, which I say everything, there's only one fact and everything else is an opinion. I say, if you break the word opinion down, it's something that you need to keep an open 
I on. And if you, if you think of your opinions that way, anytime someone comes with, to you with something that, that, you know, might be controversial to what you think, an opinion open eye on, then you receive that information. You can think critically about it. And then you can come up and articulate why it is that you feel a certain way and, and then have a little bit of discourse. And, you know, maybe you were wrong. And now you have to cut some of the beliefs that were tied onto that opinion. And now you're growing, you know, or maybe they do, you know, or you just agree to disagree. You know, it's one of those three. But, you know, we're we're all we're all going to the same place eventually. <laughs> so it's like eventually. You know, it's just, every, everyone just have their time in the, in the sun and, and, and try and enjoy this thing and, and, and try and continue to to spread love and, and spread happiness throughout the world. Why not? I think that's incredible. And I just want you to know that I am don't know if you came up with open eye on, but I am definitely going to steal yeah. it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, not not yet. It's it's in book three. When it, but now I'm playing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Let I, me beat I, you to I, it. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. hundred percent. No, I, I, I just think, I think it's a, a a great idea. You know, where if we if we stop, I think we're 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 a bunch of five year olds jumping up on tables and saying, "This is my opinion. This is my opinion." Well, an opinion just means that you don't, you haven't seen the full picture and no one sees the full picture. So, you know, listen to people, be able to think critically about it. And, and I think the, the biggest point is if you cannot articulate a very well reason behind why you believe certain things, then you probably believe it because someone told you, or you probably believe it because that's how you were born, or you probably believe if you, if you, if you do not challenge your beliefs, you know how many how many German so soldiers were were shooting pregnant Jews in the back of the head? You know, and oh my gosh, that's a but it's real. And every nasty and malevolent war and, and all of those things throughout history, they were all done by human beings. So our belief systems are are the most powerful thing that that there are. So like challenge them, and, and you you have to challenge your own as well. Think that that's also something that's not done near enough and there's too much blind faith of just this influencer or this quote-unquote expert said this and there's no why questioning behind it and i think it's something that something that i've learned because i my i married my wife but her sister is a doctor her our my now brother-in-law her brother-in-law is also a doctor and i was talking to them and these guys are at the like the top of their profession they're doctors and the the fact that they encourage you to go for like a second opinion a third opinion yeah. i think that i think even taking it down to that like they want you to val validate what they're saying and if someone and someone else gives another opinion hey why like that second question of why yeah. I think is just so important and people don't do it enough. Well, you got to, you have to know your why, why, why are you doing these things? And, and now there's the other side. And, and I say, mm -hmm. we, we are like, if I told you that a zebra was camouflaged, you, you tell me, no, a lion's camouflaged. Zebra doesn't have a camouflage, but zebras are camouflaged against the herd. So we, as people, we don't like to stick out in the herd because then the lion gets us. As long as we're doing what the herd does, as long as we're doing what everybody else does, then we're fine. And and, and I get that. I understand that. You know, a lot of, uh, you, and, you know, all of the examples, but peer pressure, all, all, of, all of those are examples of that herd-like uh, safety in what everybody else is doing mentality. But, um, you know, every now and then, you know, the, the group or the ideals of the group can go wrong. We've seen that throughout mm -hmm. history. So we always have to, uh, because of that, we always have to check ourselves. And, and, and that's why, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's why um, I'm, I'm writing these books for my kids. And, and in the love triangle, one of the things about love was study and scholarship. You have to study history and, and trace how philosophical ideas kind of move, um, uh, move throughout history and, and, and what they did and, and study history from an objective point of view. 
study study the people who are attacking and study the culture that I was being attacked, you know, and and um you know our our history is barbaric, but it is what it is. Yes. You know, what did we learn from it, you know, and and mm-hmm. um and and go from there. So um you know I'm not saying run around naked and say, oh yeah, this is how I was born. You know, <laughs> you don't have to be too outlandish, but within reason, get in, get some information, and 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 if you if you don't believe something, be able to have, be able to have a conversation about negativity without being negative. Be able to separate the the topic from the emotional output, and mm-hmm. I think we'll be in a better place. We're not shouting each other down, but we're actually trying to come up with solutions. Now, not me versus you, but me and you. I am because we are. It's not I think, therefore I am. I I'm the only reason I identify as an individual is because you are there. If you weren't there, if there were only a bunch of me's, then then I'm the only thing. I'm just it. Now that there's differences in other people, we can we can celebrate those things and we can find what we're similar in and we can fellowship that way. So mm-hmm. I mean, you're again, I keep saying it, but you're spitting facts over there. And I, one thing that stuck out to me was you're talking about everyone yelling at each other and having different opinions and no conversations. Like, I don't think I've ever had, I don't think I've ever resolved an argument when people were yelling. Right. (laughs) I don't think that exists. So. So just something to keep in mind, but you also mentioned earlier about like your kids and the love of this. And like, that's why you started doing all of this and you, you use your experiences and your pure love and desire of bettering people and positivity to kind of, I don't know if it's, you've started a business, but you're, you are motive in motion or motive in motivation. Yeah. Um, but where where I want to go with that is because you have an interesting story of this all came from like literally your motivation to do it, like to share this message. And I want to talk about more of the mindset side of actually starting something. And like you, you decided to write your first book. You decided to start doing this or doing that, get out of coaching for the betterment of yourself and then start writing books. Like there's, I just feel like that there's so many people that want to start something, but they never do. Right. And I, and I want you to kind of tackle that of like, why not necessarily why? Cause it's, uh, cause I think it's the fear of failure as to why they don't do something. There's always an excuse, but how you get over that. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's two things. One, the only reason the only reason I'm able to do anything, the only reason I'm able to have this conversation with you is because I'm able to ignore other things. If I wasn't able to ignore other things, I wouldn't be able to focus in and hone in on this. So, like, it's 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 not really. I think it's not really the fear of failure. It's more of being able to do things and take my mind off of the thing that I say I want to do. So the first thing is find your why, right? Like I wanted to write this book because I wanted my kids in ninth grade, like here it is, boom. And then like we don't have ideas, ideas have us. Uh, Then from there, this just exploded. Like book two, I wasn't planning on writing anymore. I was like, I'm done writing. And then that just happened. So um, one is start. Like, What are you scared of? Like if you, if I wrote, if I wrote my first book and I sold a million copies, then that just means that that task wasn't hard enough for me. Like everybody fails. Like think of the first, think of, um, think of it like this. The first time you tried to walk, did you walk? Everybody knows. No, I didn't. Did you care if you had, if you had piss and, and poop in your diaper? Did you care if you had shoes on? No, the only thing you cared about was walking. Well, right now, and this is, this is the crappy part of it. If we had to learn how to walk right now when we're adults, I don't think anybody would do it because we would shift our focus to, oh, I don't have the right outfit. Oh, no, my shoes. We're going to come up with excuses. Like at the end of the day, if you want to do something, 
I don't care what you say. Belief is be life. B-E-L-I-F-E. Not, you know, so if you change the word around, it's what are you doing? So if you believe you want to do something, that means you do it. Point blank, period. Now, I didn't say be successful at it. I didn't say you're going to sell a million copies. I didn't say that everybody was looking. No, I said you do it. Now, once you do it, now you can assess, right? Now you can assess, like, okay, am I good at it? Or am I not good at it? Do I still want to do it or not? But if you never take that action, then I don't think it's a belief. I just think you're doing what these a lot of, a lot of these high school kids do to me is, is lie. The first person we learn to lie to is ourselves. That's my biggest thing. It's the number one thing, flat out. It is it is what it is. So, um, and we have to be able. Well, I'm sorry. Given the research, it's not lie. It's bullshit. And when I say bullshit, is <laughs> I'm saying I'm able to I'm able to take the focus off of something and put it somewhere else. Right. I have this one task that I have to do, but there's another one that I also have to do, but probably not as much as this one. But if I take it and put my opinion, I mean, or put my focus here, I'll forget about this. Now, this is still something that was important, but it wasn't as important as that. If you have mm-hmm. something, then you um, you build that habit into your routine, whether it's working out, whether it's eating right, whether it's like come up with a plan. I cannot hit a target that I am unwilling to look at let alone walk to. But the first thing is I have to look at it. So write it down. Like, what do you want to do? And you're not going to make a masterpiece, but it's just start. Start it for five minutes a day. First thing you do, um, first thing that you do when you wake up for five minutes, whether it's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a book or I don't know if it's a vacation, all that other stuff where money is involved. I know it's hard. that's harder. I get you. But if it's if it's a task, if it's something that you want to start, start, start on your own time. Why not? Why not? How can you get good at it? Something? How can you get good at something that you never started? Please answer that question for me. And no one can because everybody knows that that's not. It's yeah, it's just the way it is. If you don't like that fact, then I guess. You got to take it up with whatever higher power you believe in. Right? It's not my fault, but that's just that's just it. Start off, start off in small chunks. If you want to start working out, start off five minute block. Five in, in the morning, first thing when you wake up, do five minute ab circles. That's it. Five minutes. That's it. Oh, five minutes is easy, and then you build on that. And once you've created it, it, once you've once you've created a habit, then then you're good. And and I mean it's a. a Chinese concept, you know, Uwei, you know, Master Uwei in, uh, in Kung Fu Panda. Uwei means trying not to try. You know, anybody who has played basketball or played a sport or maybe or anybody who has been in flow, anybody who has been on fire, you know, how do you, how do you get yourself on fire? Well, you shoot the basketball. Okay, what else? There is no what else. You just shoot and then all of a sudden you've gone through so many reps and then you can't miss. But no one can tell you how to get into that zone. The only thing that we know in order to get into that zone is you have to do it. <laughs> so it's like, I, hey, look, if you want to do something, you do it. I wrote a book, wrote another one, and now I'm writing the third one. Yeah, hey, that's it. You know, as simple as that. And then now, of course, you have to reflect, you know, and, and okay, um, is this still what I want to do? Is it worth the time that I'm investing in it? Is it still something? But now you know. You, you're able to extract the lesson and blessing from the action. And if it's the right lesson and blessing, now you can move on. And now I wanted to be a writer, but now I'm going to be a speaker. Or now I wanted to write. Oh, I tried the writing. Now I wanted to speak. No, I'm not going to do that. Now I'm going to do podcast. And, and now it's only through trial and error that we can finally find whatever our niche is. But if we never stop, if we never start, we're just always stuck right there. So start and start small. Don't start. Don't start big. Dream big. Your 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 goals should scare you 100%. Dream big, but break it down. And, and again, start off in five minute increments and, and start it first thing in the morning. So you have no excuse. Amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. And I couldn't agree, couldn't agree more with what you're saying. And I love that you're saying it. And you put it in such a different way than I've ever heard it. And I love the lesson and blessing. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you said, just start. 
Um, and you may have just answered this next question I had for you, but we'll have, and if you did, you're just going to have to agree state it, but, yeah. but like we, we are unfortunately getting closer to the end of our episode. And I wanted, like, if our listeners haven't heard anything of the first 50 minutes or however long we've been going, um, but you had like one takeaway message for them today, like, what would that message be? Uh, my message, my one takeaway message is, um, it doesn't have to be just one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That my, my biggest thing is, you know, every day, let people know what you, you know, what you think and every now and then tell them, you know, so, uh, and, and really what that means is, is every day be the, be the person that you are. I be be the enthusiasm, be the joy, be be the message that people can see it through you. I didn't. I said every now and then tell them, you know. So it is. It's through action. And I mean, I'm speaking all of these things now, but I think we kind of overvalue the sales and the marketing and the pitches and the, and, the, and the slimy and the dirty and, and, and being able to manipulate through words. No, like really. And even with yourself, reflect and look, don't tell me what you think or don't tell me what your goals are. Show me how you work. And I let, let someone else tell you what your goals are. You know, work, work for the things, put effort into those things so that other people can notice and tell you, oh, man, you're trying to you're trying to get a raise, aren't you? Don't run around telling people you're trying to get a raise. Let people see through your action or, or through whatever it is. Oh, you're trying to lose weight. Well, how do you? How did you know? Don't tell anybody. Let people have to judge your actions and and let them tell you what those goals are and what you're doing. And then I guess my 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 last thing is, um, uh, fast food companies spend five billion dollars a year advertising. What that lets us know is what we put in front of our eyes, what we put into our ears makes a difference. What are you advertising to yourself on a daily basis purposefully? What are the things like we, like if I asked you what the Pledge of Allegiance was right now, you, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States. You'll know that without a heart. OK, what's your pledge to your to yourself? A pledge is a promise mm-hmm. and allegiance is to be aligned with. What is the pledge that you have right now to yourself? If you don't have one, if that, I mean, the United, I think every country in the world has one. The United States has one. I think country, uh, the United States is a really good country. Well, okay, let's mimic them. What do you have? What pledge do you have to yourself for you, to you, and by you? And if you don't have one right now, and if I said it makes sense, make one. You just educated yourself. If you like it, and they say every day when you come into work or every day when you come into school, we're supposed to pledge, put our Put our, our hand over our heart and pledge to a nation. But well, why not put your hand over your heart and look in the mirror every morning and make a pledge to yourself? It's got to work. It's why we do it. Well, why wouldn't you have a vow or promise to yourself to work for yourself? I, you know, I don't know. So, you know, make a pledge. Uh, let the people who you're hanging around or let the people who you work with or let the people who you're socializing with be able to see um, a difference in the action that you're participating in so that they can say, oh my gosh, you're trying to do this or you're trying to do that and you're on that. And then every day is a blessing. Every single day, you're either taking things for granted or you're grateful. So yeah, that was one or two or three or four. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. And I, I mean, I have nothing to add to that. I loved everything that you just said and I've never heard like pledging to yourself, but amazing. Thank thank you for sharing that. Um, we are getting to the very end of our podcast. I've enjoyed this so much. I definitely, if you have the time, have you on for another one at some point, just we can, because this conversation can keep going. Um, but I do like, I do always want to give an opportunity at the end to you for you to quote unquote market yourself and not so much market yourself but if people want to continue this conversation with you if they want if they want to get in touch with you and actually have that conversation with you if they want to follow your journey and what you're doing follow you or yeah follow along with your books and especially like with the release coming up 
Um, how are they going to be able to do that? Um, I have a website. It's motiveandmotivation.com. Um, and then my books are on Amazon. The first one is uh, the book everyone should read. I wasn't shy with the title. And then part two of that is Courage, Love, and Discipline. Um, and the third one, I'm hoping to have it out by November, but if it's not this November, it'll be next one because it is a monster. And and on there, there's there's a contact form on my um, on my website on motive, you know, M O T I V E N, you know, I N motivation uh, dot com. And then my Instagram is uh, at the number one, and then Roger Pollard, you know, at the number one Roger Pollard, and um, and then that's it, you know, uh, yeah. Oh, perfect. And for anyone watching on YouTube, it's going to be underneath Roger over here. Anyone listening in, in the podcast, it's going to be all hyperlinked. Just click on it, follow him. It's all going to, it's all going to be there. Um, but Roger, I really, again, appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me, talk about this, put some positivity and motivation uh, into, into the world. And I can't, I can't wait to see what you do. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I appreciate you for doing it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Um, but this is where we do sign off and we say bye to the people. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Helpful Huddle podcast. Remember to give us a like and a follow on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter with the user handle at helpful underscore huddle and the YouTube channel at helpful huddle podcast. You are also able to listen to us on both Spotify and Apple Podcast. The links are also found in the description below. Please reach out with your questions on topics that you would like to learn about in the future.